Welcome back to the Gathering Podcast. I'm Travis. And I am Will. That's Will. William. Will I am. Yes. Back, well, um, I could rap for you. Please don't. Uh, it's... I don't even know why, but I just have a feeling it would not be very good at all. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> um, so, uh, last podcast, we discussed... Uh, cursing and uh man i think we fooled y'all with that title <laughs> you know i sent that out to some guys like what are you saying i i, I swear too much uh the title was stop cursing <laughs> and uh beep, 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 beep. yeah yeah it was kind of funny because it's like oh no 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 not not that kind of cursing um <laughs> uh, but anyway glad to be back glad to chat with everybody i'm really looking forward to actually tomorrow um the uh, gathering breakfast at the 963 building. We hope to see you there. We hope that you get this podcast in uh, before then so that we can chat more about it. Really looking to see what you have to say about faith and works. What do you have to say about faith and works? Well, I'm just thinking like the works like I use to clean my toilet. Like, <laughs> like I don't have a lot of experience, but I used to put it in a bottle with tinfoil and shake it. And that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> is there uh uh maybe we should start maybe we should open up like a a, a cleaning or make a cleaning solution Call called faith and then you can have faith and works <clears throat> yeah wow man we are we are dads that is for sure <laughs> so so faith and work so we're, we're keeping with our um james series here we kind of just jumped all over the place. <laughs> we we really did james one james five james three now we're in james Two half of it, anyways. Um, no, we're James one. No, we're in James two. Oh, okay. Well, well, well. I'm in James one with. There's a uh, portion of James one, I think. Yes, but James two fourteen through twenty six. The little, even the little side thing here says faith without works is dead. I guess we can get there. Well, we and we certainly will. Um, we're going to talk first about works. We're going to follow up with faith, and uh, and then we're going to take a little excerpt from a book. I figured I could either plagiarize <clears throat> or just uh, give credit where credit is due um, and uh, kind of discuss the, the needs for both faith and works. But uh, let's start with works. So um, we're just going to jump right into some... Um, Scripture, uh, starting in Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. Um, I'm reading out of the ESV here. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived. The passions of our flesh carry out the desires of the body and the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he has, uh, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming age he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of works so that you may not uh, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's a lot in there, a lot in there, more than what we're even going to touch today. Um, but all in all, we were created for good works, as it says. Uh, and this, uh, this is Paul writing to... Um, the church at Ephesus, Paul had spent some time in Ephesus and uh, probably, I don't know, a few years maybe. Um, 
And then uh, when he was imprisoned, um, wrote to the church at Ephesus. And uh, we have Ephesians. So um, Paul's writing, and he we see him say that we are created uh, in Jesus Christ for good works. However, we are saved through through grace or by grace through faith so that we cannot boast about our works, mm. right? And um not to not to touch on the grace and faith part um just yet. But basically that we're we're giving all of these works are um essentially it's what we're created to do and yet it's not even necessarily by our own means that we're able to do them but Certainly. through Jesus Christ you know yeah so uh, just just looking at the verse you have here <clears throat> uh, Ephesians 2 looks like maybe 8 9 and 10 is what we're focusing on right. for this main portion here but yep. if we were to work this backwards starting in verse 10 what we're going to see is that what you mentioned that we were created to do these good works. Mm -hmm. Now these good works, what are they? You can read all of the rest of Paul's letters and find out a lot of what he, he says and talks about. But if we, if we continue, you know, he says, uh, which God prepared hand beforehand. So, and then it ends that we should walk in them. So, so it's not like uh, they were created and, it's, you can do them if you want. Right. But it's, you shall, you should. You mm -hmm. God created you to do these. So what are the good works? We can discuss that in a minute here, but if we continue to work backwards just a little bit more, uh, if we go into verse 9, like you said, it's not a result of these works God prepared for us that we're saved. Um, so that that's probably, you think of the Catholic Church, and that's sure. probably the the driving force is it's what you do. It's what you do. But what it says is that by grace, God's grace and love for us, you know, that you've been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It's a gift from God. Um, we are saved by works, but it's not our work. It's Jesus work right, right. on the cross and in resurrection. <laughs> was, right, Man, all kinds of red flags. Yeah, boom, just boom, went, boom. Like, it was like the 4th of July in my brain when you were like, we are saved by works. I was like, we, we are saved by works, <laughs> not our works. Oh, yes. so, you know, you mentioned the um, Catholicism and I think, I don't want to say that uh, a lot of the Christian faith is, um, has a, a foundation in Catholicism um, because yeah. the the Roman Catholic Church didn't come for what nine hundred plus years after Christ, so our I wouldn't call it a foundational belief. However, um, there is a lot that we draw from that the 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 teachings of the Catholic Church um, in modern Christianity, which is rather unfortunate because many times it can be a misunderstanding, right? So when we see works, um, I think a lot of times we're thinking good deeds like penance, right? Um, something you would attribute to the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. However, um, from what I've read, I, I'm, I'm able to interpret that works are, there's, there's works and there's good and there's bad, and sometimes they're not even necessarily... Like, okay, a good work would be, you know, helping a lady across the street, but a good work would just be righteousness in and of itself. Just the, 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 I'm doing a good work by, um, worshiping God. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, so not necessarily looking at works as something external really. Um, but just, uh, I'm doing good works by communicating with my uh, heavenly father and by walking in his righteousness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I agree. Cause in the last couple of weeks at a uh, prayer meeting, we've talked about our thoughts um, and what you think and think about these things. And, and uh, 
like you're saying, good works is it's an our works is an it's an external indicator of an inward what's going on inside of us, right? So right, but so the work itself or is the foundation is what's going on inside us first. It's it's our thoughts and so. <clears throat> Maybe it's a terrible analogy. <laughs> so it would be a good work to help the old lady walk across the street. Sure. It would be a good work to drive past the old lady and not think I'm going to push her over <laughs> or push her <laughs> down or drive the car close enough to splash her. Sure. You know, like I guess, like I said, terrible analogy. But there's sins of commission. I'm doing something that's wrong and there's sins of omission. I didn't do something and by not doing it, it's a sin. I think the same thing is true with works. There's works that we can do, and there's works that we can think, basically. Sure. Yeah. For sure. And we'll get deeper into that here. Yeah. Um, I want to bring in... That was very confusing for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to bring in uh, Matthew 7. So here's uh, Christ uh, walking into Jerusalem. Um uh, in the morning as he was returning to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it, found nothing on it but only leaves. He said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw it, they were marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do uh, what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Um, so, so this is a, uh, this is a, a, a work, right? Um, Jesus, Jesus did this work. Okay, um, where he commanded the fig tree, and one thing I really want to say here is that this is not like you're you're not going to be able to have works um, through faith where you can just oh if I have enough faith I can get whatever I want mm-hmm. right um, so. I'm just realizing that I put this verse in the wrong spot <laughs> in your order, of, in my order. Of, sure. But yeah. So anyway, so we're jumping into that, but, um, so, uh, there, there's not, let me, let me see this. So think of, think of the story Jesus used when he said, um, you can tear down this temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have the, hindsight to really see what he meant by that. Right. He wasn't talking about, you know, the, the Pharisees didn't, they, they thought he was talking about the actual temple. Right. I believe that this is very similar in that, not that we can actually have enough faith and sit here and pick up, you know, tell a mountain to jump in the lake and it's going to jump in the lake. I don't, I don't believe that. What good would that be? Right. Where, how would that serve the kingdom? Right. But I'm sure there's a mountain in your life that you can cast into the pits of the deep, right? Through faith. So um, there are works that we can do in the name of Christ um, for the betterment of the kingdom um, and, and, and through faith without doubt. We can make those things happen. But again, they're not these intrinsic things. Like we're not just, oh, I have faith that I'm going to make a million dollars this year. <laughs> you know, and if I don't doubt it, then it's going to happen, you know, because sure. the Bible says so. Like I, I think there's definite, um, there, I think there's a lot of symbolism in here. And maybe part of the reason that we don't quite understand it is because, um, it's not part of our society. Like it's not how we write nowadays, right? Even in the last thousand plus years yeah. or even in our culture in general, it's not how we write things like um, the, you know, when you're, 
when you're commanding someone, it's very clear and concise, and uh, there's typically truths in what you're saying, um, and very little, uh, uh, I guess what's the word I'm looking for here, very little um, symbolism to it, yeah. right? I just I think Jesus taught a lot in parables. Right. Which are stories that didn't actually happen, but they portrayed the truth and thought behind what he's trying to teach. Um, I haven't dug into the fig tree here and whether I haven't really thought about it, whether I think it you can have an actual faith that moves mountains. I guess if you have faith in God, so, God can move mountains. So I guess technically, so I, I remember God a, can move. Mountains. I remember a statement um, that uh, a friend of the family had mentioned one time yeah. that uh, they had gotten. I think I, I don't know if it was a load of sand or a load of gravel because <laughs> they were doing something and move it. And she's like, "Faith of the faith um, can move mountains." She's like, it just might be one shovel full at a time. <laughs> and I was hey. like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I got that. Nowhere there does it say all at once. <laughs> all at once. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, when I look at this chunk of scripture, though, I just, I think, okay, so I think a little bit differently. You're talking about Jesus' work of cursing it or our work of getting the mountain out of our life. And I just, I think of me as the fig tree. <laughs> like, am I... So as far as fruit and works being synonymous, is there fruit in my life? Are there good things? Have I changed? Am I doing good things? Um, and so I think many times we can read a passage like this and think of someone comes to our head and oh, they would do great to listen to this. Sure. Um, or just if they just understood this, but we need to self-diagnose first um, and take the plank out of our own eye or mm. you think of an, the airplane instructions, put on your own mask first so you can help your neighbor, you know, um, and it's true. And so, yes, as, as we go through this podcast and what we're going to read C.S. Lewis, you might be thinking of somebody who needs to work. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Evaluate yourself yeah. and go, am I doing the good works God has called me to do? Am I doing the good works to serve the people around me to further God's kingdom? And if we start there, and if everyone started there, I don't think that we'd have any issues. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we don't start there, and, and that's the problem. Um, so I'm going to jump over to uh, uh, Titus 3. Okay. Um, the, the heading for this section, it's Titus 3, verses 1 through uh, 10, 1 through 11, 1 through 11. Um, and uh, the headline here on this is, uh, be ready for every good work. So remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, um, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of our God and Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we, be, uh, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have blessed, uh, who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. 
As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person has, uh, is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. So, again, there's a lot in this short little passage. But, overall, um, the, the, the depth that I'm trying to pull out here um, is that good works are excellent and profitable for people. Um, the good works are not a means to salvation. Good works are merely, they're, they're, um, they're an expression of our faith and they are just merely profitable and excellent and good for people. Um, they are beneficial is, is overall. Um, jumping into James 1, 22 through 25. And then uh, if you want to read through James 2, we can do that too. Uh, still working on works. Uh, James 1, 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his, nature, or at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and, pre- uh, and preserves being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So again, your works will bring, bring blessing, right? Because you're, and, and again, I think we have a warped sense of what the word blessing means in the, in, sure. in the Western societies, but we're looking at good works. Um, again, they aren't just these necessarily these deeds, but they're excellent and profitable. And these, these works that we do, even just living right is a good work, right? Mm -hmm. And being a good work, it is excellent and profitable for us. Again, not profitable necessarily financially, but profitable in that, um, I like to look and consider like the, you know, if we're looking at the uh, the wisdom scriptures, right? Uh, Proverbs and yeah. and uh, th- these literatures are. It's not like some guarantee, like uh, train up your child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Sure. It doesn't mean that if you take your kid to church and you're training them every day and having a Bible study, that they are one hundred percent going to. It's yeah. just statistically speaking, I guess you would say the, <laughs> on average, yeah. uh, you're going to, it's, it's going to be a benefit and it's, and there's going to be, um, a benefit there. And the same with these good works we're, we're, we're doing and, and not just external good works, but internal good works, the praying to our heavenly father every day, there's benefit from this right. work, right? Um, it is profitable for our lives, for our spiritual lives. Um, you want to touch on James uh, too? I think that's more like <clears throat> after the faith part, but sure. I just I look at James one twenty two here. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. To be a hearer only. Um, think about it this way. There, when I think about works, I, two things come to mind. Thoughts about works, I'm justified through works or I'm not justified. Justification. Okay, so is my salvation affected by my works? That's one way to think about it. Uh, the, the other side that I think about is not only is my salvation and works go together, but what about my works outside of my salvation? So... Are there good people in your life or people who, who are unsaved that you would describe or define as good people? Of course there is. Sure. Yeah, and, and they love people and they're doing good things and they have causes and they just seem like genuine people. So, but are they saved? Do they have salvation in God because of these things? I think any anyone we would ask, any Christian we would ask, would say, well, no, they need to know who God is. 
And that's my point. That like, if you think works justifies you, then those people would also be saved, not even knowing who Jesus is, right? <laughs> so uh, this may be a segue into your faith part here. Sure. A little bit, but I also I also look at this, uh, uh, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. And I think, what's the difference between being disciplined and works? So, so when I think of disciplined, I'm praying, I'm reading my Bible, um, I'm sharing my faith with people, yeah, ABC. Are those works? Yes. The way we just defined it, those are works. I think a lot of the people, and I've probably thought this way that I talk to, they jump to the a conclusion. You bring up any kind of works or try to bring up disciplines. Hey, you need to be more disciplined in your Bible reading. You need to be more disciplined in your prayer life. You need to be more disciplined in whatever. I feel like a lot of people's first reactions are, well, that's not what saves me. Well, no, it's not. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing them. Like that. Sure. Yeah. We need to be doers of God's word. It says to read your Bible. Let's let's meditate on God's word. It says to pray to your Father. Let's do it. And so, and so I asked myself this question: If we jump to that conclusion or, or argument, well, that's not what saves me. Do you think? that it's because there's guilt there? Do you think it's because they don't want to do those things because we know it's going to be a sacrifice on ourselves? Where it, you know, Is it selfishness that and pride maybe that brings us to go, well, uh, that's not what saves me? When we can all agree that that's not what saves you. But can we agree that it's good and excellent and profitable for people if we do do them, if we do devote time to do them. Like the, I, I guess in all of this, that's where I'm sitting right now is that, you know, I, I'm settled about the faith thing and that works is not my way and means to salvation. But what I'm not settled on or I'm, what I, I am settled on it, what I struggle with in trying to, help others see also and myself is that just because it's not what saves us doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing it. Right. That was a lot to say, but, but you're totally on <laughs> with that. Um, I'm going to jump to Matthew. 8. Yes, please. Uh, actually, so this is taking a lot longer than, uh, than I had anticipated because there wasn't, you know, the, the outline is a lot. Sh- my outline is a lot shorter than your outlines typically are. Uh, <laughs> I just won't talk the rest of the time. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I just want to jump on faith and like a level of faith here. Yeah. So Matthew eight, uh, verses five through 10. Um, it's the, the story of the centurion. Um, so when he, uh, Christ had entered, uh, Capernaum, uh, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he, and he said to him, uh, he being Jesus, said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. So we're talking about a Roman centurion having, showing, expressing more faith than uh, anyone that Jesus has found in Israel. Part of that is his recognition of, of Jesus' authority. Well, and that's just it. He's not talking about, you know, essentially there, he realizes that uh, the power of God doesn't even need to yeah. physically do something. And, and, just the and he, word. 
of God. Yeah, absolutely. Just like in creation, the word of God. God speaks the word. Cre- creation is the word of God, right? We have the written word of God. We have scripture, mm-hmm. which is the written word of God. But we have the spoken word of God in creation, right? Yeah. And and he's recognizing that all, all we need is, is the word. All he needed was for Jesus to say, just say it. Just yeah. say he's healed, you know? And... What faith, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, it, it's, uh, it's I crazy. know I said I wasn't going to talk, but two, <laughs> two try, I'll try to be quick things. Um, just in talking about creation and God speaking a word, and uh, <clears throat> I, I think there was a big bang. So I, I don't know what your thoughts about creation was, but I, you're trying to get fireworks again, aren't you? Yes, I, am. <laughs> I, I think there was a big bang because I think when God said, when God spoke everything into existence, it was bang, and it was there. Like it was powerful. It was there. It, there was no question. It's not like, oh, should we listen to him this time, guys, and look at the other molecule? And they weren't even molecules yet. <laughs> God created them with His word. So yeah, I, I, that, that's what you're saying is. To, and then, but the other thing, part. Go, can you go back to that <clears throat> sure. passage there? Um, the other part is the centurion is he compares his understanding of how Jesus is going to work through words to his authority over soldiers. If I speak a word to someone under me, they do it. It happens. And so, so he's, he's recognizing that Jesus has that same authority. Um, And that's, and that's what I was trying to say when I said, well, a lot of his faith, just he believes God can do it. He believes Jesus has the power to do it. It, He he recognizes that Jesus is God, that Jesus has the authority. And and previously in the story, like people are wanting Jesus to touch them and heal right. them, and, yep. and they're trying to touch Jesus for healing and stuff. So, and he's he's just realizing that like the authority isn't in the clothes. Him him yeah. even him doing it, and and this is a great expression of the authority that we, as believers in Christ, we can have through the Holy Spirit, um, when God appoints it. Yeah, to to be to be that worker, you know, given authority through Christ, <laughs> you know, to yeah, to I, command, I, you know, I guess. <clears throat> so the centurion says one of his soldiers go do this, and they do it. And why does that soldier do it? Because it's the one over authority who told him to do it. You read through God's word here, and how many commands are there for mm. us? Sure. And if we are you relating, tr- are you relating faith and works together? Yes, I am. <laughs> and if we truly had faith in Christ and understood His authority over us, we would do what it says too, regardless of whether we want sure. to, regardless of how I feel about it. Yep. We would do it because Christ says to. Anyways, so but what's more important, the, the faith or the work? <laughs> yeah, and that's what we're getting into. What's more important? Uh, so, um, I uh, faith years and years ago, I thought I could get this out. I thought I could articulate it, <laughs> and apparently, I couldn't. Um, I, I tried and tried, and what it basically came down to was exactly <laughs> what I read uh, in. C.S. Lewis, uh, Mere Christianity. So uh, I'm going to give him the credit, uh, Mr. Lewis. And, uh, <laughs> Clive. And uh, read out of um, uh, Mere Christianity, uh, book three, chapter 12. It's the final chapter in book three, um, and it's entitled Faith. Uh, oddly enough, chapter 11 is also entitled Faith. Which is, but anyway. Um, so uh, bear with me while I read. I want to start by saying something that I would like everyone to notice carefully. It is this if this chapter means nothing to you, if it seems to be trying to answer questions you've never asked, drop it at once. Do not bother about it at all. There are certain things in Christianity that can be understood from the outside before you have become a Christian, but there are, there are a great many things. 
that cannot be understood until you have gone a certain distance along in your Christian road. These things are purely practical, uh, though they do not look as if they are, or as if they were. Uh, sorry, I'm losing my place here. <laughs> um, they are directions for dealing with particular crossroads and obstacles on the journey, and they do not make sense until a man has reached those places. Whenever you find any statement in Christian writings which you can make nothing of, do not worry. Leave it alone. There will come a day, perhaps years later, when you suddenly see what it means. If one could understand it now, it would only do harm. Uh, Of course, all this tells against me as much as anyone else. The thing I am trying to... Uh, going to try to explain in this chapter may have may be ahead of me. I may be thinking I have got there when I have not. I can only ask instructed Christians to watch very carefully and tell me when I go wrong, and others to take what I say with a grain of salt as something offered because it may be a help, not because I am certain that I am right. I am trying to talk about faith in the second sense, the higher sense. I said just now that the question of faith is this sense arises after a man has uh, tried his uh, level best to practice the Christian virtues and found that he fails. And seeing that even if he uh, could, he would only be giving back to God what uh, what was already God's own. In other words, he discovers his bankruptcy. Now, once again, what God cares about is not exactly our actions. What he cares about is that we should be creatures of a certain kind or quality, the kind of creatures he intended us to be, creatures related to himself in a certain way. I do not add and related to one another in a certain way, because that is included. If you are, uh, if you are right with him, you will be inevitably right with all your fellow creatures. Just as if all the spokes of a wheel are fitted rightly into the hub and the rim, they are bound to be in the right positions to one another. And as long as a man is thinking of God as an examiner who, sets, uh, who has set him a sort of paper to do, or as the opposite party in a sort of bargaining As long as he is thinking of claims and counterclaims between him and God, he is not yet in the right relation to him. He is misunderstanding what he is and what God is. And he cannot get to the right relation until he has discovered the fact of our bankruptcy. When I say discovered, I mean really discovered, not simply said it, Parrot fashion, uh, parrot fashion. Of course, any child, if given a certain kind of religious education, will soon learn to say that we have nothing to offer to God that is not already his own, and that we find ourselves failing to offer even that without keeping something back. But I am talking of really discovering this, really finding out by experience that it is true. Now we cannot, in the sense, discover that our failure to, uh, to keep God's law except by trying our very hardest and then failing. Unless we really try, whatever we say there will always be in the back of our minds the idea that if we try harder next time, we shall succeed in being completely good. Thus, in one sense, the road back to God is a road of moral effort, of trying harder and harder. But in another sense, it is not trying that is ever going to bring us home. All this trying leads up to the virtual moment at which you turn to God and say, you must do this, I can't. Do not, I implore you, start asking yourselves, have I reached that moment? Do not sit down and start watching your own mind to see if uh, it is coming along. That puts a man quite on the wrong track. 
When the most important things in your life happen, we quite often do not know that the moment, uh, at the moment, what is going on. A man does not always say to himself, uh, hello, I am growing up. It is often only when he looks back that he realizes what has happened and recognizes recognizes it as what people call growing up. You can see it even in simple matters. A man who starts uh, a man who starts anxiously watching and seeing whether or not he's going to sleep is very likely to remain wide awake. As well, the thing I am talking about, uh, the thing I am talking of now, may not happen to everyone in a sudden flash, as it did to St. Paul or Bunyan. It may be so gradual that one could never point out to a particular hour or even a particular year. And what matters is the nature of the change in itself, not how we feel while it is happening. It is the change from being confident about our own efforts to the state in which we despair of doing anything for ourselves and leave it to God. I know the words, leave it to God, can be misunderstood, but they must stay for a moment. The sense in which a Christian leaves it to God is that he puts all his trust in Christ. Trust that Christ will somehow share with him the perfect human obedience which he carried out from his birth to his crucifixion. That Christ will make the man more like himself and in a sense make good his deficiencies. In Christian language, he will share his sonship with us, will make us like himself, sons of God. In book four, I shall attempt to analyze the meaning of those words a little further. If you like to put it that way, Christ offers something for nothing. He even offers everything for nothing. In a sense, the whole Christian life consists in accepting that very remarkable offer, but the difficulty to reach the point of recognizing that all we have done and can do is nothing. What we shall have liked, uh, or I'm sorry, what we should have liked would be for God to count our good points and ignore our bad ones. Again, in a sense, you may say that no temptation is ever overcome until we stop trying to overcome it. Throw up the sponge. But then you could not stop trying in the right way and for the right reason until you had tried your very hardest. And yet in another sense, handling ev- handing everything over to Christ does not, of course, mean that you stop trying. To trust him means, of course, trying to do all that he says. There would be no sense in saying you trusted a person if you would not take his advice. Thus, if you have really handed yourself over to him, it must follow that you are trying to obey him, but trying in a new way, a less worried way. Not doing these things in order to be saved, but because he has begun to save you already. Not hoping to get to heaven as a reward for your actions, but inevitably wanting to act in a certain way because you first faint, because a first faint gleam of heaven is already inside you. Christians have often disputed as to whether what leads a Christian home is good actions or faith in Christ. I have no right really to speak on such difficult questions, but it does seem to me like asking which blade in a pair of scissors is the most necessary. A serious moral effort is the only thing that will bring you to the point where you throw up the sponge. Faith in Christ is the only thing to save you from despair at that point. And out of that faith in him, Good actions must inevitably come. There are two parodies of the truth which different sets of Christians have. In the past, been accused by other Christians of believing, perhaps 
they may make the truth clearer. Once that we're accused of saying good actions are all that matters. The best good action is charity. The best kind of charity is giving money. The best kind of mon- uh, the best thing to give money to is the church. So hand over 10,000 pounds and we will see you through. The answer to that is nonsense. Of course. Would that would be that good action done for the motive done with that idea that heaven can be bought? would not be good actions at all, but only commercial speculations. The other set were accursed of saying, faith is all that matters. Consequently, if you have faith, it doesn't matter what you do. Sin away, my lad, and have a good time in Christ. We'll see that you make it through to the end. The answer to that nonsense is that if you call your faith, if what you call your faith in Christ does not involve taking the slightest notice of what he says, then it is not faith at all. Not faith or trust in him, but only intellectual acceptance of some theory about him. The Bible really seems to clinch the matter when it puts it uh, puts the two things together into one amazing sentence. The first half is, Work out, of your own, uh, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, which looks as if everything depends on us and our good actions. But the second half goes, For it is God who worketh in you, which looks as if God did everything and we nothing. I am afraid that that sort of thing we can come up against in Christianity. I am puzzled, but I am not surprised. You see, we are now trying to understand and to separate into water-tight compartments what exactly God does and what man does when God and man are working together. And of course, we begin, to think, uh, we begin by thinking it is like two men working together so that you could say, he did this bit and I did that bit. But this way of thinking breaks down. God is not like that. He is inside you as well as outside Even if we could understand who did what, I do not think human language could properly express it. In the attempt to express it, different churches say different things. But you will find, even those who insist mostly strongly on importance of good actions, tell you you need faith. And even those who insist most strongly on faith, tell you you need good actions. At any rate, this is is as far as I can go. I think all Christians would agree with me if I said that although Christian, uh, Christianity seems at the first to be all about morality and all about duties and rules and guilt and virtue, yet it leads you on, out of that, into something beyond. One has a glimpse of a country where they do not need talk of those things, except perhaps as jokes. Everyone there is filled full with what we should call goodness, as a mirror is filled with light. But they do not call it goodness. They do not call it anything. They're not thinking of it. They are too busy looking at the source from which it comes. But this is near the stage where the road passes over the rim of our world. No one's eyes can see very far beyond that. Lots of people's eyes can see further than mine. So that's a long read. Uh, but, you know, I, I encourage you to go go back and, and listen to that chapter or even um, buy C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, and read it for yourself. But, I mean, honestly, I, I would conclude that works are an expression of faith. Works are stepping out when, when we have no proof other than faith that God loves us and his best intentions are for us. Now, those intentions may not be earthly, right? I, we, we always say this, God's best intentions for us, God loves you, he, he doesn't want anything bad to happen to you, or, or I hear people say these things, and it's like our gift from God is salvation. I need nothing more than that. Right. Um, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And 
although he may bless me on this earth, he's blessed me through through salvation, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like C.S. Lewis's analogy of the scissors. Yeah. Because when we ask ourselves, is it faith? Is it the blade of faith in Christ and what he's done? Or is it the blade of my works and how they work together? You know, which, which one's more important? You know which one's more important? Is the one pushing the blades together, right? If we we need to look to and, and to who God. is that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get it off of ourselves and our works, or you know, it, I didn't come up with this faith all by myself. It's God putting them together and working that tapestry into my life. That's it for this episode of the Gathering Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you found value in today's episode, please hit that like button, share, and subscribe. We'd also appreciate a good review. But more importantly, if you're in the Gladwin, Michigan area, please join us for the Gathering Breakfast, held the second Saturday of each month at the 963 building on North M18, where we'll have plenty of bacon, and we'll touch on this episode briefly with some more outlook from men like yourself.